of Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course, the music. Another week, another new guest, and I'm honestly so blown away by this week's guest, Jariah, who has been unleashing some of the most dynamic, engaging, glorious music I've heard in some time. Jariah's style blends together so many genres that I can only describe it as like pure theatrical energy with maybe a dash of anime opening. (laughs) Jiraiya really does something unique with his sound. It's just so vast and you can find something every single time that you listen that you just connect with even more. Um, Jiraiya joined this week to talk about his influences from theater, how his music is involved, what he's working on next, and so much more. So with that, let's hear more music by Jariah and then hear from Jariah himself. What's a kid to do? Lifting up her upper vests Was her presence Penetrals out to process Acutely polarizing I think it just might kill me Split The things that she's been through Perpetuator all or nothing They didn't love it Always Sunday I didn't trust it Ooh, Left to play behind Recite the chorus Shit is unfilled weather Out of your feel weather 
you, love you, hate 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 you. Well, welcome, Dariah, to Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. How are things going? Pretty good. Um, things are things are going pretty well, <laughs> I think. <laughs> That's good to hear. Uh, folks won't see you, of course, since this is an audio podcast, but do you look like you're in a pretty cool setup in the space of Dariah? Is that where you kind of experiment with your music and stuff? Um, yeah, I do pretty much, or I have made pretty much all of my music here. Um, besides, um, sometimes I work with, um, my bandmate Cole in, mm-hmm. in his studio. So it's sort of a split between those two, but I, I think I, I spend most of my time in this room, especially with quarantine and all. So I like to make sure it's a good space to be in. I'm so sorry. My dog started barking. So I was like beating myself. I'll just edit that. <laughs> well, it's great. You were able to make this space for yourself even better. You're in this really cool, like red room instruments everywhere. So it's great that you have a creative space for you to just be able to go to, especially in times like right now. Yeah. Now I never, I already spent a lot of time in my room, but I never thought I would spend this much time in my room. So I'm glad I've sort of spent so much time like uh, just making it like my favorite place to be, I guess. That's good, at least. I think sometimes it's hard for folks to do that. I did something similar with like my home office where it's like I filled it up with like posters and fan art and all my favorite stuff to try to make it like this is a good space to be, even though like you have to be here kind of feeling. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And I... I love what you've created in that space. All this music that you've released, especially over like the last year has just been top notch. Um, uh, you know, how have you kind of stayed motivated and creative through this time? Everybody's kind of seems to have their different approaches and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm. it's hard to say. I think like that's just something that is more or less a part of me. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, it definitely is like, it gets hard just with everything going on to like focus that's probably the part I have the most trouble with just like you know staying staying focused some days but um you know for the most part I just I I feel really like passionately about this this whole music thing and um you know it's like all I think about really so um it's just always on my mind and I'm always like trying to to do something going toward it so it's just one of those things that it's, it's harder for me to, to stop myself from doing it. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Well, it's really special that you have it as such a part of you. And I can kind of feel that within your music, honestly. It feels very personal and layered and feeling like you're kind of revealing parts of yourself through your music. So that's really interesting. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Of course. Um, I kind of want to time travel here with you for a little bit. Um, tell me when you first began to kind of find yourself interested in playing music. Let's see. So it's, uh, so, I mean, are we, are we going back to the beginning? Cause we can go back to the beginning. Oh, I'm always down to hear about the beginning. <laughs> okay. Let's see. So my very first experience playing music was, um, I, I was never personally like into music it wasn't a thing that I um felt myself like naturally drawn to I guess but 
uh, my sister had this like toy piano, this like first act, like baby grand, like pink piano. It had like 20 keys or something like that. Oh my gosh. You know, my, um, my parents got it for her for like Christmas and she wasn't really into music either. It's just one of those things you get, you know, like as a gift, like, oh, maybe my child will like start playing an instrument. And, you know, I was already like, I did a lot of drawing. I was, I wanted to be like an illustrator, like do comic books. And I still do a lot of that now, but, you know, I guess they figured, all right, you've got your interest. I'm very glad about that. I gotta, I gotta get the other one doing something. And she just wasn't into it. So I kind of ended up like, you know, stealing that from her. (laughs) Um, We shared a room at the time and she, you know, she played around with it like for a couple of weeks. But after that, it just sat there and like, you know, collected dust. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I saw this thing that I can make like noise with. And I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Maybe I'll, I'll toy around with it. So um, I try, I started like kind of playing songs by ear um, you know, at the, at the time I would literally look up like piano tutorial, not even tutorials. I'd look up like covers on YouTube and because I didn't know like what any of the notes are called or any kind of like had any training, I would like write down like the position of the notes and the order they were playing them in. And I just like read it off and like play the songs until I, I like knew like, you know, that's that was sort of the seed for it, I guess. I, I you know started playing piano, did it for like a while. Um, when I was like nine, I got my own keyboard, you know, so I could stop using my sisters. Um, had not all the keys, but most of them. Um, and then that was um, that just became like a thing for me. Yeah, like I would I play a lot of piano. Um, I, I took lessons for a while, but it never really like took, you know, probably cause I just wasn't like as receptive to it as I should have been. I mostly just wanted to play songs I liked. I wasn't really interested in like theory stuff and, you know, learning like a bunch of jazz pieces. Like I just wanted to hear songs and play them. So eventually I, um, I stopped taking lessons and I, I went back to teaching myself and um, I, you know, it, it, I don't want to say it dwindled, but, it, you know, it sort of moved to the back burner, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I played, like, more casually, and, you know, I started shifting. That's kind of how, like, my whole life has been. I'd shift between, like, <laughs> different interests and always, like, circle back to them eventually. But um, what happened in sixth grade was we, we had this new music teacher. We'd have a new music teacher, like, every year because they quit. But, um, <laughs> But this one, this one stayed for a good like two or three years, Mr. G. And he introduced me and my friend Christian to um, like producing music. And, you know, he was just like, you know, my teacher, he was just this nerd. I mean, he was really into all this stuff. You know, he was like making like games for the iPhone and like, you know, coding things or doing whatever it was that he he liked to do. He was just really interested in all types of different types of of art and and creating things and so was I like that was pretty much my whole thing so we got along really well and he was like yo you should check out this program called FL Studio you know I I just got it last night and you know I got it like a few days ago and I've been making these little songs and he played me this like little like chiptune thing and I was like this is amazing 
Like, I want to do this. This is like the coolest thing ever. So I go home and I get a free trial of FL Studio <laughs> and I make a song. It takes me a good couple of hours and I just release it like, like right away. Whoa. Um, and that was like, it was just a thing. Cause okay, I guess another parallel storyline. I've realized I'm being a little like long-winded here. So oh no, to- it's fine. It's a podcast. It's what we do. <laughs> you know what? Fair. Um, <laughs> but I guess um, throughout all of this, the parallel timeline is that I, um, I ran like a YouTube channel as a kid. Um, so I think that that's another thing that I'll, I'll get back to later because that ended up being really important. But I, you know, and that was another thing. It was about all types of things. You know, I did like the, the whole gaming channel. Um, I do like product reviews. I just did whatever. I did vlogs um, just because I was, I was so interested in like content creation and that like whole culture around it, you know, where it wasn't about any like one particular thing, you know, like you get on YouTube and you'd watch a person do every possible thing. And it wasn't any one interest that drew you to them. You just kind of enjoyed the fact that they were making content for you. So I love that, you know, so I, I was doing that the whole time. So when I made my first song, it just felt natural to like make a little visualizer for it and just drop it. And like, obviously nobody would like listen to it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it just exists on YouTube, but um that was I guess like you know it it came pretty naturally to me that like when I made a thing you Mm -hmm. know you publish it you put it out there and this was before I knew about like you know distributing like streaming and all that all that came like way later but I got really (laughs) yeah I got really into the whole electronic music thing so I was super into that for a while you know I was big into like dubstep and drum and bass stuff back then and I still am but um that was like you know a big thing for like it's especially at the time you know this was like 2012 yep (laughs) and like junior high like middle school so it was huge you know everybody was like Skrillex that's like the guy I remember that era so well (laughs) it it feels so weird now it's so surreal (laughs) (laughs) like the Skrillex era of the internet oh my god that was that was a time (laughs) I know and it's so it's so funny it's like everybody would like you know the like I remember his hair was like a huge thing back then yeah like no nobody had done the like uh the like half shaved like undercut thing whatever he was doing right he became such an icon you know like just for like you know I mean for being awesome but Mm -hmm. also just for like having a half-shaved head and like wearing glasses (laughs) which is hilarious to me but uh where was I going with that right music (laughs) (laughs) so that ended up being a big influence for me I wanted to like produce and I got really into like you know all of the like big EDM like plugins and tools and stuff I Mm -hmm. pirate so much stuff (laughs) It's it's amazing that I never got in any kind of trouble or like destroyed my computer because like just every day it was like a new thing off of like the deepest crevices of the internet because I had no money. I still have no money. But, you do what you got to to get the sounds you want. 
you do what you got to do. Exactly. (laughs) And especially, I feel like it's just, it's a big part of like the whole producing culture. Mm -hmm. Like once like, cause at the time there are thousands of other like kids just like me who are realizing like, oh, I can produce stuff. And it's very easy to access this stuff. Yeah. So, you know, people like really, it became a huge part of it. Like you go and you you pirate your program and you buy it later. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was a thing. And all through high school, I got really into that. You know, I produced a couple songs. Um, the vast majority of the stuff I made after that, I, um, I never released. Mm. because it's one of those things you know I think when you pick up a new interest or a new skill or I think there you know there are different types of people but for me I got into that thing and I was like oh this is really cool knowing nothing about it or like what I'm doing and then I very quickly developed like a very high standard for where I wanted to be and of course the time it takes to get there is way longer than it takes to develop that so it's like these two different curves and everything I made, I was like, this, I've never made anything good. <laughs> like none of this sounds finished. I'd spend like months and months, hundreds of hours on songs. And by the time I, I finished them or got them to like, you know, a finished state, um, I was tired of it, you know? Yeah. So that I realized I just couldn't do that. You know, I dropped a few songs, but I think that was part of why I lost a bit of the interest in doing that at the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, back to what I was saying about how my interest shift, you know, mm-hmm. now I was back on the illustration thing. I started freelancing and I was like, oh, this is, like, oh, I can make money doing this. I don't make any money doing music. <laughs> you know, not that it was about the money, but I was like, oh, like this is like a real like career path. Like, yeah, know, sure. I want, you know, I wanted to like do illustration and, um, it wasn't until like senior year of high school or I'd say junior year. Yeah. Junior year. I, um, my art teacher, Mr. Weldon, who I love and is an amazing person. Um, he asked me like, Hey, would you be interested in doing like the, um, the sets for the, mm-hmm. the school musical? Cause like, you know, that was my dude. Like we would just talk, you know, about like art and, and music or whatever um because it was like a it was like a you know weird like college prep type school like nobody really cared about the whole arts program but it was there you know I was like nobody's taking advantage of this like we have all this crazy art supplies and the the art classes have like four people you know so I was I was living in that (laughs) you know um but he was like yeah do you want to do the sets for the um for the school musical and I was like oh that sounds cool you know, I've never done that, but I, I'd be pretty into it. And, you know, at the time I had no real interest in theater, but I was, um, you know, I guess starting to be a little interested in the idea at that point. I think I had maybe even, or not quite yet, but, you know, as a few months after I started painting those sets, mm-hmm. just from like the proximity of being around all these people, you know, that were making this musical, I just got like super interested in the idea. And I think like in the back of my head, I'd always kind of like been interested in, in wanting to sing, you know, it was something that I at least had thought about, but I was just so quick to dismiss it because I didn't think I could, you know, I thought it was just something you were born with. Sure. And, 
you know, I just wasn't born with it. So I just, I was very dismissive of that idea until I saw it happen, like right in front of me, like day one of the musical, everybody comes in, half the people there have never done a musical before. They don't know what they're doing. And I'm just sitting there painting sets. And then, you know, like nine weeks later, they're like pros and they put on a show. And you, you know, you learn all the songs, just being around them and you want to sing them. It's like, well, damn, like maybe I could do that. Were you ever tempted to like, just start singing all your painting sets or anything like that? <laughs> like in a movie? Yeah. Like, who's, who's that kid? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I definitely, I don't think anything quite like that happened, but I, um, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I for sure started getting into singing a little bit. So this is like what I was getting to before. Mm-hmm. I had, you know, I started making friends with people in there and I had this friend, Luis, who especially was like very supportive. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, like, I'll, I'll help you. You know, if you're, if you seem like you're, you're at least a little bit interested in singing and playing the piano and he had like classical training, like guy's awesome. He's like theater dude, you know, <laughs> so he, he taught me a little bit, you know, he showed me a bit of like technique stuff and helped me to at least like get a little bit of footing, you know, like in between like rehearsing or like we'd show up early to rehearsal and like just sit backstage and play piano until, till you know, they had the start and then I, you know, get, get to actually working. That's but, cool. Um, yeah. I, you know, that was something that was like huge for me. Cause it's like, it's so hard to gain that kind of confidence, mm-hmm. especially when you're around a bunch of people who are really good. <laughs> so <laughs> it was really awesome kind of like having somebody to, to walk me through that. And I got a, I got a ukulele that, that winter because I wanted to just like have an instrument to, to play and sing. And I mm-hmm. still didn't have like good enough like theory knowledge on the piano to like you know, make any practical use of like sheet music or whatever. But ukulele, it's just the chords, you know, and that was like Mm -hmm. the big instrument in 2016. So I was like, yeah, let me get one of those. (laughs) And somehow it's all a blur now, but um, basically senior year, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. You know, this, this all happened my junior year over the summer. I, I started practicing a little, I'd sing, I played the ukulele. And when that fall semester came in, I was like, I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to audition for this musical. And there are three days of auditions. The first day, I got too nervous to go. (laughs) I, like, left class, like, let's go. I'm doing it. And, like, the closer I got to that theater, I was like, oh, maybe not. Maybe tomorrow. It's it's nerve-wracking auditioning, honestly. (laughs) Oh, my God, it is it's crazy. <laughs> like it's, I can't imagine doing that all the time. Right. I did that once for like middle school play musical. And I think my nerves were definitely a huge reason why I had like a role with a handful of things to say. <laughs> Cause the nerves hit so hard. It's scary stuff. <laughs> it is. And then that there's also that when they tell you, they can tell you're nervous. They don't mm-hmm. want to take a chance on it. You know? so sure. Like, oh, like you know join I guess but like you know you're looking <laughs> for those like confident kids right so that's another thing you start feeling like self-conscious about the fact that you're self-conscious you're a teenager what do you expect is basically my attitude 
Exactly. Being a teenager is crazy. Yeah. I just finished being a teenager and I still feel like I am. But it doesn't yeah. go away. It doesn't. Yeah, that's good to but yeah, I got too nervous and I went home. I even like stopped on my way home and like was like, man, like, did I just do that? And then the next day, um, something came up. I couldn't go. And then the third day, I was like, okay, like this is it. You're either going or you're not. This is your last year of high school. This is your last chance. There's this is the only musical, you know. So that I guess was like you know, a bit of the kick I need. And like, you know, I had been talking to my girlfriend about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even think we were like dating at the time, <laughs> but that was like another big thing. And eventually I was like, oh, I have to, you know? So I go up there and I do the audition. I bring in, you know, I bring the sheet music for the song I had been rehearsing, which was, um, it was Soul of a Man from Kinky Boots. Mm-hmm. And um they're like all right like you know you go and like you know they close the curtain so it's kind of private and the people like waiting you know can't like see you but they can all hear you you know they're like yeah they're in the audience (laughs) I can I can tell you know and nobody had ever really like seen me you know do something like that it's like by senior year everybody's already part of the thing you know Mm -hmm. so you're really you feel like an outsider a bit and anyways, I'm stalling. Um, I did the audition and I remember I was like shaking the whole time. Like I'm like belting out these like this this song because it's like it's a little up there in my range, at least at the time. And I finished the song and the director is like, Jariah, I am so pissed at you for waiting for four years <laughs> to... <gasps> to audition and he like you know he's a I guess you know he's in theater so he does a dramatic pause right you know of course so pissed at you and I'm like what did I do (laughs) (laughs) it was like that thing like Gordon Ramsay does when he's like announcing the winners (laughs) you're doing the theater version of Hell's Kitchen basically (laughs) literally that and it's like you better get ready to pack your bags and go back up there because you're staying for another round oh my god yeah, that was a huge relief. Um, you know, it was a very validating moment, you know. Mm-hmm. It was like that was awesome, you know. You should have should have been here. And I was like, I guess so. So <laughs> I, I ended up getting the supporting lead in that thing, which not everybody was fond of, you know, like understandably, I guess, you know, you wait a long time doing support roles and I just kind of like waltz in. <laughs> but it was a <laughs> It was a moment, you know, I, that was kind of like a big boost for me. And during that, um, I was like, you know, I should, I should try writing music. You know, I Mm -hmm. think the summer before that, actually, as I was starting to like find my voice was when I really started writing music. And by the time I graduated, I had like finished writing an album, you know, Mm -hmm. throughout the course of doing that musical and, and finishing high school. And the summer after, summer before I start, the week before I started college, I, I released uh, The Great Tale of High Ruined It All. And th- I guess that's sort of the first step of, you know, flash forward and now I'm here, I guess. That's so cool. And I love your journey of finding your, both your interest in music all the way up to finding your confidence to perform. That's so crucial 
for people to kind of go through that experience and kind of have that, the people who kind of set you on that path and also those moments where you find your validation as a performer. I mean, it's, it's so cool to hear that whole journey for you. Um, I'm thinking back here to Aaron with me. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love this stuff. Honestly, it's, it's some of my favorite things to learn about people. Um, How does like your sister and your family feel about you now as a musician from that early time of you playing on that toy piano to what you're doing now? Um, It's a bit, it's a, it's a little weird. You know, I think it's definitely not what they were expecting. Yeah. Um, You know, I mean, since I was like five, I've been drawing, you know, Mm -hmm. And I still do, you know, I'm going to art school right now. Oh, awesome. Um, so they were like, you know, and that was already a thing for them because they're like, man, like, do artists make any money? Like, mm-hmm. like you know, I'm here for you, but I, I don't know. Like, this is, <laughs> this is risky. And I, I've always been really stubborn about wanting to, you know, stick to my, to my things that I want to do. So they, um, it's it's a weird thing you know mm-hmm. I think they definitely wish I were doing something else but they don't give me too hard of a time about it um well, usually anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's what parents do for sure especially when you're creative yeah it, it, it is you know it's just one of those things they're like well you know as long as you're doing well in school I guess keep doing your little music thing <laughs> oh my gosh um, well, it's great. Everything that you've accomplished so far, honestly, as a musician, I'm still so impressed that you've done all of this so soon and you've been able to like, just keep growing yourself. Um, and you said that like, not long after you graduated, you released the great tale of how I ruined it all, which is an awesome record. Um, what was it like for you to put that one together and kind of start to piece together everything that you basically learned? to create this record um yeah I mean if I if I had to like describe it in one word learning would be the one yeah I mean it was I was like learning about how to make that record up until the second it was done like wow every single it's like it's one of those things when you're learning a new thing you're you're googling something like every new every couple of minutes pretty much Mm -hmm. and that's what it was you know I uh it definitely when I released it it was like fresh in my knowledge like I had just learned how to release an album wow Um, doesn't feel like it when I listen to that record it's uh I don't it's it's one of those things you know I'm definitely very fond of that album I mean I can appreciate like the the jump in quality from Mm -hmm. there Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's definitely pretty, like, you know, scrappily put together. You know, I recorded it on, like, a Blue Yeti microphone, and I had, you know, all all the music production knowledge I had was around making dubstep, which is a whole different world, you know? Yeah. And you get, you realize that when you start trying to make songs with vocals. That makes sense. Well, it, from my experience of, like, listening to dubstep, because... I too did have that phase. Um, whenever I was uh, starting out in college, that was when it was super big and it was perfect time to love dubstep. <laughs> um, but anyhow, yeah, you know, it's interesting because one of the things that I always took away from it was just like unusual sounds, but in particular, they're always very layered. 
And there was always so much going on in there and stuff. And I find that to still be kind of a trait within your music. It was always something that appealed to me about it was the layers and the depth and complexity to it. But how would you describe your sound? I see so much in there and I want to hear your perspective. Um, how would I describe my sound? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> definitely the first word that comes to mind is, is maximalist. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's the perfect word. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. I just, and it's like, it's like you said with like dubstep, you know, that for me, even listening to like old stuff that I was listening to, it's a lot. Like mm -hmm. it really is like maximalist music, you know, people and, the, you know, it's, it's like that because of the nature of how people got into making this music, which was, you know, a lot of times not too differently for me, which is that you get a DAW and you realize there are no limits with mm -hmm. like what you could do you know like when you have a band you know there there are just like inherent limits to that you know as far as what can you do in a studio what can mm -hmm. you record what can you play live but you know you like put some kid in front of a in front of a daw and they'll throw down a hundred layers because it's like why not you, know, yeah. you get an idea and you put it in there so you know, I guess that that mentality definitely stuck around as I um as I started getting into writing music for mm -hmm. sure. That's so awesome. Yeah, that's definitely probably one of my favorite characteristics of your music in that sense. And I'm glad that that's something that carried through for you for your interest, because um I feel like every time I listen to even one of your new songs in particular, it's always like I'm, I'm discovering a different sound that I didn't hear last time, or like there's something that's more complex within the music itself. And I'm just kind of like, this is just a treasure trove of sound and I love it. <laughs> I, yeah, it's so much fun, you know? And then I, you know, I met Cole, you know, like 2019, we've been working together for like huh. two years now. And he's a whole other musician, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, if it was like crazy before, you know, like adding Cole into the mix just like took things to a whole different place because he's <laughs> like an equally just weird musician. Uh, that's got to be fun for you to collaborate with Cole then because when you have very creative um, musicians who are just willing to go to like weird and fun places and stuff, you end up with some really rich stuff. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite things whenever I work with Cole or anybody else is when like, and it, it always happens, you know, mm -hmm. it'll either be me or that person where they're like, I have an idea and like, don't laugh. It's going to be kind of dumb. And then they throw the idea out there and they're like, yeah, but we can't do that. And they're like, but what if we do do that? And then that's always like what ends up being the coolest idea. Mm -hmm. You end up asking that question, but could we? <laughs> and then it happens and then you can you always can <laughs> I love that and I love that mentality because I feel like that's why we get such um rich sounds within your music like I think I pretty much spent my whole day today among many days of course just jamming to to mend the sun I freaking love that release it, oh, there's so you. much going on there it feels like you dip into so many different styles within each individual song, much less like the EP as a whole. Can you talk about what it was like putting that one together and writing it? To Men the Sun. Yeah. So that was an interesting one. 
Um, it's sort of like a follow-up to um, to the first album, to The Great Tale. Um, and between those two, that was when I met Cole. And, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of started, we were just talking and he was like, oh, like I'm, I'm like a producer, you know, I like mix and I, I do like sound engineering. Um, and we just threw around the idea of working together eventually. So I send him my album. He's like, yeah, like, just let me listen to something you've done. And he's pretty into it. You know, he's like, I like this. But also, like, one of the first things he thought was like, this could sound so much better. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, you're right. Like, I can't even, (laughs) I can't even, like, argue with that. It definitely is not a pretty sounding album. (laughs) So he was like, you know, would you ever be interested in, um, like remastering some of this stuff or like, you know, basically remaking it. And I was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'd be pretty into that. So, you know, we worked through the idea and at the time I'd, um, I'd been writing like a little bit, you know, I started writing some more after the first album Mm -hmm. um, had sort of like simmered down a little bit. And I had some ideas left over from during that writing process um so we're like okay so what if we take some old songs and and you know sort of breathe new life into them remix them Mm -hmm. and um take some of these new songs and at the time I was starting to get into so much more music you know I was really starting to embrace like how much I love pop music especially Mm -hmm. so that ended up being a really big aspect of it um you know like with songs like take for granted you know that I started writing that like the minute I found out about Billie Eilish because I was nice so fascinated and I was like I gotta capture like what I just took like Mm -hmm. how I just my brain just like something clicked when I heard um I heard my boy I think was the first song I heard and I was like whoa yeah she's doing something here that I should be doing (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I could I could hear you almost performing alongside like the likes of a Billie Eilish, honestly, just with how unique Billie's style is and how much like she and like her sibling play with sound and layers and different complexity to it. So I'm I'm sending a vibe in the universe. Something cool happens there for you. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to rule it out. It would be kind of awesome. <laughs> right. Honestly, I love um going back and listening to like your original like release for city of ashes and then comparing it kind of to what you've done now with the version of um to mend the sun it's interesting because there's definitely this kind of like bouncier quality perhaps due to the different mastering and stuff where it just feels like you just cranked it to the next level on this what was it like for you to kind of revisit that and shape it further with cole that was that was huge I remember um Cole first sent me I think City of Ashes might have been the first one Mm -hmm. that we we like you know remixed Mm -hmm. and I sent Cole all the stuff he needed all the stems and I remember I was in New Hampshire I think or Florida maybe I don't know I was somewhere else right (laughs) and he emails me the um the file and I like go and I put on my headphones and it was like it's one of those things I can't even really describe it you know when you hear your song that you've heard like all these times you spent like hundreds of hours with it and then you know like 
Mr. Cole just comes over and, and sends it and it sounds amazing. Like it sounds so much better than I ever, it's kind of like, it's what I imagined, mm-hmm. right? It's like what I wanted the song to be. So he sends it to me and I'm like, this is amazing. We're doing this. Like, we're, yeah, this is going to be awesome. And, um, and that's what happens. You know, I also, I picked up guitar around um, a few months before the EP came out. So that was like something I played around with like in December mm-hmm. um, of 2019. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> got a guitar for Christmas. So I was like, I'll put some guitar on it because all the guitars on the first album are, are like synthesized. So mm-hmm. I thought, you know, try playing around, I guess. Damn, you play around well with that guitar. Holy crap. Like honestly, throughout this whole EP, I'm just blown away by everything that's going on there. And there's just everything that the way that it's structured, the way it's performed. And I think especially with the way it's performed, because I feel like in particular with To Mend the Sun, it feels like you leaned even further into like your love of theatrical performance because everything felt so like otherworldly and bombast the way that I picture like a lot of frankly like more theatrical rock performers of like the 70s and 80s almost where you've got this energy behind you that's like you feel like it's impossible to like replicate and you've gone beyond that because you've made it so uniquely your own with your own theatrical background and stuff did you feel like you got to kind of unleash a little bit of that within this record? You're, you're kind of more a theatrical performance. Oh yeah. Well, first of all, that's just really nice. of you. <laughs> that's so cool to hear. Um, and yeah, for sure. I mean, so, okay. Here's like another, I guess, like piece of the story is that um, in 20, God, I mean, I think a year and a half ago, which mm-hmm. my, my concept of time is like gone now. So sometime <laughs> in 2019, I started um, taking vocal lessons. Oh, wow. A big thing. Um, that's like a funny story. I literally, there's this chapel at my school at Pratt where there's like a piano and I just, you know, go in there and play and sing sometimes. And, you know, every once in a while, somebody will like pop their head in the door and be like, oh, this is fun, you know, or whatever. And it's like, yeah, it's just a nice place to hang. And, you know, one day somebody like pops their head in the door and I'm like, hey, how's it going? And I'm like, oh, you know, uh, not too bad. You know, sorry if I'm being too loud. I could keep it down. And she's like, no, no, I just came in here to, to hear you play. And I was like, oh, well, that's that's very nice. Um, and uh, yeah, like we we end up talking for a little bit. And she's basically um, like, hey, like I'm a vocal teacher. You know, I don't know if you've ever like been interested in doing vocal lessons. And at the time I was very much interested. I just couldn't afford it. You know, mm-hmm. um, vocal lessons are expensive. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, that was like I told her. I was like, yeah, you know, I'd love to, but I just don't think I could I could afford to do vocal lessons. And um basically she was like, you know, I I'd love to help you out. Like, you know, you I love your voice. Um, and we could like work something out. You know, so she was like, I was like, hey, you know, I do illustration and stuff if you ever need like artwork or something. And she was like, all right, you know, that's that's the deal. You know, if you if you're down to help me with like any kind of art, I'll 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 help you with the singing. And 
I'll say to this day, we do lessons and she's never taken me up on that offer. Oh my gosh. That's so generous. I know she's like my, my favorite. I mean, she's just the nicest like old lady and um, (laughs) has saved me so much vocal strain and just unlocked parts of my voice. I never knew were there, you know? I'm honestly mind blown that you've only been like kind of trained in the last like couple of years. It sounds like you've been doing it your whole life with how well you perform, honestly, on these on these releases. It makes me excited to be able to see like some kind of live performance of what you do because it's just so rich and good. And like I'll have to settle for streaming for now. But oh, my God, I literally would think that you had been doing this since like I don't know, elementary school, middle school, easily. Thank you. Oh my God, I wish. I mean, I my life would be very different if I'd realized this whole thing sooner. But, you know, things work out. Um, <laughs> You're still young. You got plenty yeah. of time. <laughs> yeah, but that was like a thing. You know, when I went into the EP, I was like, whoa, like my voice is capable of so much more be- mm-hmm. than before. I didn't even know I could do. So I definitely want to like really go for it, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's another thing, you know, you gain a bit of confidence when you start kind of feeling like, you know, what you're doing. So I was able to take more risks with it and Mm -hmm. throw myself out there. And, you know, I think some of, some of it didn't go as well as I thought it would, or as I hoped to, but, you know, I was, I was happy to take those chances and just see what happens. Yeah. Well, Good, good chance taking good gambling there because the payoff is just fantastic for people like me who just love to listen to this stuff for sure. Thank you. Of course. Um, I feel like the way that you deliver your vocals makes your lyrics hit extra hard because it was so hard for me to pick songs of yours to talk about because I'm like, I want to talk about them all. They're so they're also gorgeous, but like when I narrowed it down, I really thought a lot about the way that you deliver and to take for granted, the way that you kind of break down the elements and the way that things could kind of like crumble and such. I thought it was so beautifully delivered and the impact that you had lyrically was just perfection. Um, Can you talk to me a little bit about kind of your lyric writing and what it's like for you to kind of bring that to life? Um, I can try. (laughs) (laughs) Lyrics. I mean, I don't even know where that came from. I mean, I, I hate writing things. Honestly, Um, I love writing songs, but I was never into writing of like any kind, really. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was another thing. When I started writing songs, I was like, am I gonna like the writing part? Like, what if Mm -hmm. I don't? But very quickly, I, I got into it. Um, so with these four walls um not these four yeah these four walls is my first song I ever wrote you mm-hmm. know and that was where I kind of like found my voice with it and figured out like a bit of a style and that's like evolved a little bit I think but I think between there and to take for granted um it was a lot of it was just becoming conscious of what stuff I liked and that's just uh. like with everything I make um the biggest part of my process with making anything is being like very, very aware of what things I like and why I like them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like going back, you know, 
to to old songs that I had listened to and thinking about like why like once I learned music theory it was it felt like like you know those videos where people are like colorblind and they get like the glasses so they can see in color mm-hmm. it was like that like I wanted to go and listen to everything I'd ever listened to now that I have the context to understand like why it hits so hard ah so that was that was the the same approach with like the lyrics where I just like study like stuff I love and be like oh I get it like there's patterns here and I it's, there's stuff that I gravitate toward what were some of the songs or like artists that you like latched onto in that study that just like really hit you in that way that made you decide like hey I want to find my way of doing something like that Oh yeah. So there, there are a lot for sure. I think one of the big ones for me, um, and still is, is my chemical romance. I mean, I knew it. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I felt it and I didn't want to assume I'm like, is it my chem? Is it? But then they hear you say it. Sorry. That just made me so yeah. happy right now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, MCR there. Yes. They're amazing. And that was like, I got into them when I was like, I don't know, 11 or 12 or something. Mm -hmm. And the more I, the more I grew with them, I mean, I'm not going to say grew with them because they broke up like a year into when I got into them. But um, the more I like grew with the records and moved through the discography, the more I like fell in love with them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, especially once I started writing that appreciation Mm -hmm. grew like, ton um that was big rap music was also a huge part of like writing for me mm-hmm. um because like you know I think with a lot of like the music I listen to even now the lyrics are usually not the most important thing to me but like when you listen to like a really good like like rap song I mean it's it's really there's the production obviously but you know the words that you're singing along to you know there's there's no real melody it's just a cadence and some words so Mm -hmm. that stuff you know I I got really conscious of that pretty early on in like the writing process and I was like okay what about it you know what about a song I'm trying to think of an example and I can't right now but like what about a really good rap song makes it so catchy that you don't need a melody to have it stuck in your head yeah it's like it's the way it's delivered and it's also like I don't think people talk enough about how honest rap can be to listen to it's very sincere and I think it's not just in the context of what's being delivered lyrically but I think the way it's literally delivered it makes it even more like punchy and more you you feel that honesty I guess is what I'm trying to say so and it's it has everything to do with not just the words being said, but the way they're being said. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I obviously I love theatrics and stuff. Mm-hmm. But a great thing about rap music is that a lot of a lot of the times, like lyrically, that stuff is pulled back, you know? Yeah. It's like you just see you go. A lot of a lot of rappers will be like, I wrote this in the booth, you know, I, mm-hmm. I freestyled half of it. And you really, you really feel that. And it's like it's also just clever stuff, you know, right? You know, you listen to like a really good, like, like punchline in a song or like a really good, like, like word scheme. And you're like, oh, that, like, that was clever. You know, I don't think you, you always get that with like, you know, a lot of pop and and rock music, which is where Mm -hmm. 
a lot of my influence comes from obviously so that was something I, I wanted to pull from more you know that that feeling of like oh that was a good line yeah absolutely well you definitely have some within your music I feel like because when I think about like pressure bomb in particular that one is loaded with ones that I feel like I just like yes every time that it connects with something like the pressure bomb in a goddamn knife fight that was like a that's a visceral image and it's something that sticks in my head like it might live in my head rent free going forward honestly Uh, (laughs) oh but you have that definitely within your music and I thought that was just so like brilliantly delivered thank you yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that that comes through. You know, that's definitely the feeling I had when I wrote it. I love it. Oh my gosh. I feel like you just cranked out so much really infectious music last year because I, I think about just that EP, Split, Needed a Change of Pace was another song that I was just hooked on immediately. Knives, Eat. You're blowing my mind here with everything that you have out that is so brilliant, honestly. Um, I'm kind of curious about kind of how you kept your motivation up and what it was like for you to kind of just keep releasing this to us all. Oh, yeah. So that was that was another weird part of that last year, right? You know, <laughs> like everything shut down. Um, we we're stuck inside for a while. And that was at a weird time for me, you know, like quarantine started right, God, like barely before my EP came out, like by a Mm -hmm. few weeks. I remember we were shooting the Pressure Bomb music video on the last day before quarantine started because that was the only day we could do it. Mm -hmm. Um, So once that happened, you know, all the shows we had booked you know, we'd spent a lot of time trying to gain some footing in like the live world around, you know, in like New York. And it's tough, you know, yeah. especially if you're you're not a punk band and you're not a white punk band. Yeah. You know, it's it's very hard to book shows because they're, you know, they really just want to know you're gonna pack the room. Mm-hmm. Um so that kind of led, you know, and I think because of that, you know, I, I never like fully got to dive into the the whole live thing maybe that last year would have been it so once that was canceled I was like okay well how do we you know how do we get a bit of of traction going without the live thing and that wasn't too much of a pivot because I've always kind of had to do that anyways you know most of my I guess like you know promotion or whatever for, Mm for the music has relied on on being on the internet and like it goes back to aha I knew it'd come back later (laughs) I I like the whole YouTube thing like content creation it's like in me I love that stuff and I know a lot of musicians hate it you know it's like I really just want to make my music I didn't come here to be a to be a vlogger or a tiktoker or whatever (laughs) but like I love that stuff so once quarantine started I was like oh I have so much time to do so many things Mm -hmm. So that turned into the pressure bomb music video. It turned into all this other stuff. There's like a little short film, like animated about the making of the EP and all this stuff, you know? So then naturally I was like, oh, we could write more songs. <laughs> like, um, you know, I could go, I could just, I could just write all day and, and mm-hmm. make some stuff. So that was, um, you know, I'd really just indulge every idea I got. I'd like, 
get a little idea. I write a verse, I'd write a chorus or whatever. And it turned into all these songs I did over the summer. And then it wasn't until, you know, the EP was really having a bit of a slow burn. You know, nothing much was happening with it. It had its little spike when it released and then it died out until, um, you know, things, it sort of, you know, they started to pick up over the summer. I became a lot more involved in the like, like online DIY scene, which I didn't even know about really. Mm-hmm. And that became a huge thing. Shout out to Jair from Emo Trash, who really just like thrust me into this world that I <laughs> about. Um, like just to be supportive, really. Like we didn't know each other at all. I just like sent sent them in a DM, like, hey, you know, you seem like you're you're into this kind of thing. You know, feel free to check it out. And then, you know, obviously like um like the Black Lives Matter movement was like really picking up over the summer and everybody was like, oh yeah, I forgot like black artists do exist. We should like, you know, should look for them. Right. So that, you know, kind of crossed ways with that a little bit and started getting a little bit more of a following, which would um I guess like what's the word? Um, like rolled over into um split you know by the time all of that had happened I was like oh god I wasn't prepared to like release anything quite yet but now all these people are watching now (laughs) I launched pressure bomb to like 50 followers on Spotify or something like that and then you know by the end of the summer there was like way more you know (laughs) we were like at like a thousand monthly listeners or something wow that's great Yeah, it was, it was weird, you know, but it was really cool. You know, I was really like proud of that mm-hmm. jump, but then I was like, oh my God, everybody's going to leave if I don't release a bunch of music, <laughs> <laughs> which is like kind of silly now. Like, you know, obviously they weren't going to just be like, oh, like, fuck this guy. Like, I'm just I'm not releasing <laughs> But, um, I was like, all right, like, let's do something. Um, and I've been working on Split for the second album. That was the first thing me and Cole worked on together. And um, there, somebody was putting together like a compilation and they were like, hey, do you have anything that you'd want to, you know, throw onto it? And me and Cole were like, okay, well, what if, I think Cole thought of this idea actually, remember Split? He was like, oh, I, let me remix it. You know, uh. like, I'll, we have it um, recorded or we were about to record it, I think. So he was like, yeah, record the vocals, send over everything, and I'm going to just reproduce it. You know, you already did the arrangement. You know, I'll just go crazy with it. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. And, you know, it ended up being completely different from the original song. But then we were like, God, like, this should just be the song, you know? (laughs) And it took a lot of grappling. We really, like, we definitely butt heads on it, like, for sure, because I was, Mm -hmm. you know... I, it's one of those things where I I definitely tend to be very committed to like a certain vision when I go mm-hmm. into things. So, you know, when things like change pretty drastically, um, you know, I, I'm just like, oh, but the thing, the thing we set out to do. Sure. But I really came around on it. I mean, it's a great, it's a great version of the song. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, like, let's release it. You know, we got all these people that, are I mean I don't know I don't know if they were really waiting for anything but I felt like something was expected you know (laughs) and I I wanted to take advantage of that momentum and not let it die out 
So um, we went and dropped it. And um, it was it was one of those things. Like once we got into it, I didn't, I didn't really want to stop. So we dropped Split in, um, in August. And then the music video for Pressure Bomb took all summer, released it in September. And then Knives in October and change of pace in november and then that was just that was the year you know we just and it was it was like very close like everything it was crunch time like constantly for like five months but it was worth it i think absolutely it's kind of cool because i saw you kind of start to pick up a lot of momentum there toward the end of summer where it was just like it felt like you were just cranking out so much and i understand definitely that pressure to kind of deliver whenever you feel like you've got eyes on you in that sense. <laughs> um, but it's so cool how creatively and musically you thrived under that kind of like pressure that you felt because everything that you've released is just brilliant. Do you have like a favorite song or like a favorite thing you did in that time period where like, yeah, this was it. I'm really proud of this one. Let me see. I mean, I think definitely and this like is it's you know it sucks as an answer but my favorite song is is the one we're about to release ah. way at the beginning of quarantine <laughs> march and we finished it uh over the summer mm-hmm. and i was like oh this is this is a cool song and we were gonna drop it eventually but in the process of putting out all these other songs that we we wanted to put out first um we reached like the end of the year and we were like, oh, this song could be way better, you know? So we, we basically redid it over the winter break and now it's way better. But besides that, it's needed a change of pace for sure. Uh, me and Cole like basically produced that together like in his studio, which we had never done before. And that was really fun. I love that. Needed a change of pace is definitely one of my favorites too, honestly. Was, I left that one on loop for oh god at least half an hour maybe longer (laughs) just because i'm like this 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 hits right you know when you have that song where it's like this this is good i i can live in this song kind of feeling (laughs) my god i'm so glad thank you yeah definitely um what can you tease for your new single for everybody anything Hmm. i mean i can definitely tease i mean I feel like by the time this comes out, I will have announced it. So, you know, it's coming out on March 5th, um, but we're not done on March 5th. There is a crazy music video that I spent. I can't even measure the amount of time I spent on that music video, but I made it my semester project for the fall semester last year. and that was my my like main thing and I worked on it a ton more this year and it's basically an anime intro I'm just gonna say that same about the yes it's just an anime (laughs) intro yes it's it's so crazy you know I started listening to a bunch of j-rock and I was like wait this has like always been an influence for me like I've always been an anime fan so I was like, let's try to write a song like that. It's super jazzy and like it's crazy fast and frantic. Um, Jonas from, from Glass Beach plays bass on it. Ooh, um, cool. They did an awesome job with that. I'm so excited about it. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's just really fun. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna play a game with you on this sense then. Okay, you said okay. that it feels like an anime opening. What anime would you have it have it be an opening for? Oh, that's a good question. Okay. Let me see. Let me see. Um, I feel like it could be an opening for, I don't know, I'm thinking something newer, you know, oh God. Okay, you know what? Just because I've been watching it recently, Jujutsu Kaisen is awesome. Mm -hmm. I think you make a great intro for that. And also my less good answer uh, is Sword Art Online. Mm, <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. I, I love that so much. I'm a big fan of like listening to a lot of J-Rock, J-Pop, anything that could definitely be an anime opening as a fan of anime. So I'm just like hyped now that you've said all that. <laughs> yeah, Not sorry. that I wasn't before, but that's like next level now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, people always say that, you know, like the, the songs sound like anime intros, but this is the one. Like, yes. There's no denying that it's it's straight out of an anime and I couldn't be like more excited about it. I love it. That's so exciting. Well, I can't wait for everybody to hear it. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> knowing that there's some kind of excitement along those lines and stuff. And, you know, even your previous music, I'm kind of curious What's something you really want people to get out of listening to your music? Out of listening to it, um, I think probably just that you can do whatever, you know, as far as music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think like I, I like to, to take a lot of um, weird turns and like make, just make weird choices. And I hope like people, you know, like every once in a while I'll find an artist and I'll listen to them and I'll be like, I, I it hadn't occurred to me that you could do this mm -hmm. and like, they're really going for it. Like this has kind of expanded like my idea of what works, you know? And I think that's kind of what I, I hope at least somebody as like a musician takes from it um, mm -hmm. as a non-musician. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe the same thing. Just you can do whatever you want, really. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, just, in, just in general, like if if you have like a, if you feel compelled to towards something, I think you should embrace it and don't like second guess yourself about it. I love that. That's really well said. And that's definitely, definitely part of the feelings that I get listening to your music. Definitely that creative impulse, that desire to just kind of push and see what you're capable of in any area. So that's really well said. And I love that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I know we're in interesting times, but I'm kind of curious, what are some things that you're hoping to be able to accomplish as an artist over the next like year or so? What do you want to be able to do? Um, that's a good question. Uh, a lot, honestly. Um, I mean, you just you just never know with this stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's it's very hard to hard to say, but I don't I don't like to um to what's the word? 
you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not afraid to throw stuff out there. You know, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen, but I, I always want to shoot the highest I can. So, you know, if I'm just saying what I, what I hope to do over the next year, I kind of want to like, you know, do this for a living, like really make it a, make it a reality. And we're making a lot of moves right now to set that into place and who knows what'll happen. Right. But you know, that's, that's the dream, you know, Mm -hmm. this year, second album, we're going to finish it. We're going to release it. Um, We got a bunch of stuff before that, a bunch of very exciting announcements very soon that I can't talk about yet. Yay. (laughs) And, you know, I, I am not shy about the fact that I hope this album kind of goes crazy and, and just, I don't know, let's just shoot for the moon with it see what happens well i'm ready to see it all happen for you you're extremely talented and it's going to be exciting to see you just continue to grow and you're one of those people that i really really hope gets to make a real full career out of this for sure fine we'll find a way eventually yeah i'll be there rooting for you the whole way we're gonna i I will do my part to hype this that's for sure (laughs) i appreciate you so much thank you of course so one of the last questions of our interview i always ask is if you could play a show with any three artists or bands they can be currently active or you can bring them back from the dead who would you want to play with well, first one has to be My Chemical Romance. I mean, yes, that's, that's <laughs> like, it's a no brainer. I mean, that's my dream, you know, <laughs> like um, play this show with, with MCR. Um, it could happen. They, they, they had a reunion planned until COVID happened. So, I mean, did. I'm still holding on to those tickets. I was supposed to same. Oh my God. I really hope, hope that happens soon. <laughs> But uh, you know, <laughs> things are things are how they are. Yeah. Uh, but who else would I want to play with? I really want to do a show with Glass Beach. I mean, I love them. They're amazing, and I just think it would be a great lineup. You know. Mm-hmm. And if I were to throw a third artist on that lineup, this is very, very, very hard. Dream, dream show. We're talking right. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh my God, this is so difficult. Wait, a <laughs> now that I, now that I've left the notes to the last one, the others seem so easy. Um. What is the best live show that I've seen? Huh. God, there are just so many shows. It's I tough. Know. <laughs> that is very tough um you know what just just off the top of my head um i got maybe queen you know <laughs> if I just, just throw out like a, a random one i mean how crazy would that be like what a lineup it would be gorgeous and i think i'm gonna tack on that at some point you freddie mercury and gerard way just like all sing together and that way we could all just collectively burst with joy at that gorgeous wonderful sound that <laughs> it's gotta be, happen 
that'd be such a moment. They'd they'd write like a Tumblr post about it. <laughs> Tumblr <laughs> post. <laughs> it'd become a it'd become a copy pasta, you know, like you know, first uh Freddie Mercury walks out onto the stage and then Gerard <laughs> Way jumps in. And then everybody claps. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh my god. I love this. I love your lineup pick. It's so perfect and like you know mcr i'm i'm gonna put out every vibe in the freaking galaxy for that one for you because i feel like that would just be perfection honestly so fingers crossed that that opportunity comes your way in the meantime i'm gonna be cheering you on like nobody's business <laughs> thank you i appreciate it always of course. It's been so much fun talking to you, Dryo. Where can everybody keep up with you and your music on the internet? Let's see. Well, I mean, you can you can find me at anywhere if you search Jiraiya. Um, so that's always cool. Not a whole lot of Jiraiyas out there. Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Jiraiya Claire. That's my name. Um, over on TikTok right now, that's a big thing I've been doing recently. And that's just Jiraiya, I think dry underscore and uh yeah we just were you know what i'm just gonna say you know um we're pretty close to release when this is out so debt collector new single is either about to be out or it's out so there you go <laughs> yes everybody be sure to stream debt collector please get get dry out all the streams <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much launches. Yes. Thanks so much for being on. Thank you for having me. This is awesome.
her Jariah. Thank you so much to Jariah for coming on and diving deep into songwriting and influence. Be sure to stream Debt Collector and stay tuned for more exciting things on the way from Jariah. That's it for this week, but you can always keep up with Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion online. Find episodes, links, articles, and more at angrygirlmusic.com. Get in touch with me through email at angrygirlmusic at gmail.com or on Twitter and Instagram at, at angrygirlmusic. If you're interested in being a guest on the pod, reach out and let's chat about what you're working on. Pledge your support for Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion on Patreon at patreon.com slash angrygirlmusic. Special thanks to our monthly patrons Molly O'Malley, Kendra Mamula, Carly Commando, John Kitsy, Kitz Miller, Henderson Cole, and Erica Fries. Thank you for listening. Until next time, stay angry and keep finding your voice. Bye for now. Take the sea for granted. Take it dry anytime it wants. I don't take the sky for granted. It can fall anytime it pleases. I don't take the land for granted. It can flood anytime this year. Nor do I the seeds it's planted. They can easily take me down. Why can't I get through? Why can't I get through? Why can't I get through to you? Oh, you'll never understand. Take me down, 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 take me down
hands so cleanly. I love it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Take the land for granted Take your blood anytime